Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome. This is Laces Out. Jarrett Bailey, Kurt Homiser with you on today's episode. Week four gets recapped. Marcus Cannon joins us to discuss what he's been up to um, during this season. He obviously opted out of the season. So we'll talk to Patriots left tackle Marcus Cannon, and then we'll give you our power rankings. Jarrett Bailey, Kurt Homiser. Kurt, how are you, buddy? I am doing just fine, my friend. My bills are 4-0, and I couldn't be better. Uh, we were hoping... Some more news of some more positive tests coming out. So we're really, really hoping here that nothing gets aff- affected. But uh, it was a good week four. I enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, some, some of my, we were just talking about it. Uh, some of my bets hit. I'm a newbie. I'm a rookie when it comes to official betting. So, uh, you know, it was a good week. Successful week. I'm glad that I've gotten you into that because <laughs> it seems that you're having some success with it. Yeah. Uh, let's see. You had a five, you had a five game that hit. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. I went two and three in my big five, so not the best week with that. But I did do Eagles money line, Chiefs spread parlay, so that cashed out for me. So that was nice. There you go. So, yeah, made made. How much did I make this weekend? I don't. I mean, we're college students. We usually don't bet high. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, so, I wish I wish I could uh, pick as well as I did uh, for our little three game pickums because I got I got screwed again. Um, <laughs> I don't know. We can, yeah, we'll, we'll start off with this. Why not? Um, All right, bet. I mean, I, I had my bills. You know, I, I told you my bills would win. I was very confident <laughs> in that. I had the Rams over the Giants. That one hit. And then, again, I bet against Carolina two weeks in a row. I bet against them. I took Arizona, and they let me down. So, uh, I went two and one on the week. And let's talk about those Arizona Cardinals because this is a team that started off fast, beating the 49ers. Um, then they moved to 2-0 with a win over Washington, and then they've lost their last two. Um, and the last two were pretty ugly, too, I will say yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, Kyler Murray threw, had some bad turnovers against Detroit, and then against Carolina, their offense – or Carolina's offense, rather, they pretty much just had their way with the Cardinals' defense. And this is a team that, you know, when they started off 2-0, we're talking about them as them, you know, being this year's kind of up-and-coming team that can, you know, make a push for a wild-card spot, make some noise in that NFC West. And now, I mean, they're, they've hit this two-game losing streak. What are we feeling about the Cardinals as of right now? You know, we, well, you and I were both pretty high on the Cardinals coming into this year and starting, especially after week one, two. And we said that that defense is going to be giving them some trouble. And we were right about that because they look pretty ugly against, you know, a, de- a depleted Carolina team. They're, they're without the best player, arguably, in the league with Christian McCaffrey. So, you know, if they want, if they want to figure it out, I'm pulling up their schedule right now. But uh-huh. I mean, this is this has got to be a big week because if you drop three in a row, especially off, off the hot start that you had, oh, they got they got the Jets this week. Okay, so that's a that's a good bounce back <laughs> game. 
Um, good bounce back game against the Jets. Hopefully they just for Jets fans wise, hopefully they get smacked so bad that Adam Gase just misses the bus home and doesn't get get brought back. Um, but then they go Dallas, Seattle, Miami, and then the Bills. So not the easiest stretch, but there's a few games in there that, that are pretty winnable. Uh, and especially, I mean, they played really well against the 49ers. So I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, we see Carolina go on a little bit of a run and surprise a lot of people, but they're in a really, really tough to fit, tough division. So uh, they can't be losing games to teams like Carolina and, um, and Detroit. And, you know, when they beat San Francisco, you know, coming into the year, I had San Francisco as a playoff team. I didn't have them as, you know, being a 12-4 and four division winner. I had them at 10-6. and six. But I think we're starting to see – and I get that, the, you know, they started Nick Mullins um, and defensively they've, they've had injuries kind of all over that team, really. They've probably been – in terms of the most injury-bitten teams this year, they've probably been atop that list. Absolutely. Um, so, when it comes to San Francisco – uh, they go out and, you know, you and I both bet Eagles this week. So that was very beneficial to mm-hmm. you and I. Um, you know, Brandon Ayuk really showed that he was a solid draft pick. Did you – that that vert over <laughs> – That jump. Yeah. If oh, he missed it, he, he completely hurdled a man. He did a Josh Allen. I will bring my bills into this. He did oh, a dro- Josh Allen and jumped over uh, – I don't even know who it was. Somebody in the Eagles secondary and just, you know, walked right in for a touchdown. It was, it was very impressive. I want to say it was Clement for the Eagles in their secondary. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, San Francisco, it's not like they don't have pieces. They're just beaten up right now. Um, And then the rest of the NFC West, you know, Seattle's still unbeaten. The Rams, they look good. So, it's uh, going to – they're the best division in football right now. I mean, Mm -hmm. I don't think that's too arguable. But, no, I like what I'm seeing from, you know, everybody in the NFC West. And if Arizona wants to keep up, they they need to beat up on the Jets this week. Mm -hmm. Um. And speaking of the Jets, I mean, we crucified them on the last episode. So, mm-hmm. if I, Adam Gaze is still there, if last week doesn't get him fired, I'm starting to think they're not going to do it until the end of the season, which is uh, – I've seen multiple reports saying they're not going to fire Adam Gase in the middle of the season because it will be, you know, detrimental to Sam Darnold. But what's, what's, keeping, at, yeah. <laughs> what's keeping Adam Gase there doing for Sam Darnold? What's, what's, how's, how can it get any worse for New York Jets? For the fans, for the team, for Sam Darnold, how is it going to get any worse if Sam, or if uh, Adam Gase is gone? It th- there's a lot of guys that you know should have been let go uh, this after this past week. We did see Bill O'Brien get let go though. Bill O'Brien should have been fired moments after he traded DeAndre Hopkins, but you know he's gone now. Deshaun Watson is doing his thing, and you know whoever gets that job. They got some work to do. They have their franchise quarterback, but other than that, you got no draft picks. You got no help around Deshaun Watson. You still got a flawed offensive line, even though you gave up two high picks for uh, Laramie Tunsil. They're kind of a mess, too. So, you know, props to whoever can go there and fix that that team. And the thing about Bill O'Brien is that I'm always going to have a soft spot for him because as a Penn State fan, he came into an impossible situation and – kept them as a winner so Mm -hmm. I'll always appreciate Bill O'Brien for that and admire everything that he was able to do in state college for the time that he was there before getting the the coaching job in Houston I don't know what the hell he was thinking this offseason no I I don't know it it's not so much Bill O'Brien the coach that should have got fired it's Bill O'Brien the GM that definitely should have got fired but and I think that was the biggest mistake that they made was making him coach and GM because when you have a guy 
who, you know, I get DeAndre Hopkins had three years left on his deal. If DeAndre Hopkins says, I want to be here, I need an extension on this deal because I'm being underpaid for everything that I'm doing right now, you, you pay DeAndre Hopkins. Mm-hmm. And then week Absolutely. one, he showed that catching 14 balls for the Cardinals. So, <laughs> you know, it took away Deshaun Watson's go-to target, to which now he doesn't have one. And they gave him up for a running back who, it, for all, you know, for lack of a better term, seems pretty washed. He's averaging less than four yards a carry. Hasn't really been too much of a determining factor in any sort of success that they've had, which they have, they've had none of. You know, Brandon Cooks, Kenny Stills, Will Fuller, and Randall Cobb are that receiving core. That's – I get what they're trying to do. Um, and it, when you don't have a first or second round pick next year, you're sitting at 0-4. This is first time Houston's been 0-4 since 2008. Deshaun Watson's got to be feeling like, what the hell did I just sign up for? You know, <laughs> yeah. I just I decided to stay up to stay here for an additional five years. They can't, they're not going to be able to move me right. because that's going to be a hell of a lot of money and dead cap if they do that. So it's, it's I a mess. feel for Deshaun Watson. Yeah. It's, it, it really is are, a mess. They're going to be the, the most dysfunctional among the most dysfunctional franchises in the league for a while to come. Unless, and you got to feel for Deshaun Watson. I mean, unless they bring in some superstar expert GM that knows more than anybody that can find a few diamond in the roughs in the late rounds of the draft. But it's just, you know, like you said, it, it's Bill O'Brien, the GM, that needed to get fired. I think, you know, I'll even go out on a limb and say he's a very, very good – he's almost a genius when it comes to offensive calling i i like bill o'brien the offense he's a great coach. offensive coordinator it's just head coach gm you know football operations it's that's way too much for one guy to handle especially a guy you know in, in the nfl you you need teamwork you need the guys that are going to mesh together that's how you see the most successful teams in this league is when the gm and the head coach are on the exact same page they're they're together basically the same person working together and bill o'brien i feel like just had too much power and you know not he didn't have somebody in his corner smacking him on the wrist when he said hey guys should I yeah. trade DeAndre Hopkins somebody should have said absolutely not yeah so, so you know I, I don't think you know this is the last we'll see of Bill O'Brien he'll get a shot somewhere else whether it be a coordinator position or or whatever but um it just his time was up in, in Houston for sure yeah, definitely. Um, but that does leave a vacancy and the name that everybody's throwing around, and it makes perfect sense, Eric Bieniemy in Kansas City, because yep. seeing what he's done for Patrick Mahomes in the Chiefs offense, mm-hmm. bring those schemes to Houston. Let Deshaun Watson do what he does best. You got First of all, I mean, I get that Larry Mitzel's there. You got to get him more help up front because he's still constantly yep. running for his life. I don't know what they're going to do in terms of getting him weapons because, like we said, they don't have a first or second round pick. I don't know who they're going to trade to be able to, to, to bring in a, a, another go-to target because, you know, I just don't know what they're going to do. And defensively, they're a mess too. They have a horrible defense. They can't stop anybody. Their secondary isn't good. J.J. Watt's going to be a stealer this time next year. So, <laughs> <laughs> Of course. Like I, like I always said, whenever the big names come up, it's, it's Jared calling them for them to go to the Steelers. But No, no, no. Okay, this one <laughs> – I've been kind of against this one just because J.J. has a history of getting hurt. He's on the back nine of his career. I, I think that the speculation is not just for me. I think there's a lot of other people who have also said it. But I think it's just the fact that T.J. and Derek are both in Pittsburgh. So it, it would make sense in that regard. That would I be quite know. the story. Three brothers right? on the same team, especially two of them that are superstars in this league. That's 
That'd be a cool story, but uh, I think that'd be a cool story. I don't, I don't. Do I think it's really going to happen? Probably not. But I mean, JJ Watt has made it. It was very vocal this weekend, saying, you know, it's it's a mess. It's depressing. It sucks yeah. being zero and four. And I mean, this guy just wants to win too. This guy's been exactly. with Houston. He's been with Houston, and Houston seems like they're always that team that gets talked about so much to make a Super Bowl run or win the division. Blah blah blah. But they never do it, and it doesn't seem like they're going to any time in the future. So, Houston's I mean, I, always I've, I've always liked always, JJ Watt, so I I would root for him somewhere else. They're they've always been that team where they're gonna be a division winner because they play in a weak division, mm-hmm. and they're gonna you know get bumped in the wild card, you know division at divisional round at most. So, uh, and I get that you know Bill O'Brien's won multiple division titles but he's played in a division that's featured the Jaguars who have been mostly horrible the Titans who have only you know won a cap of 9 games a year the Colts who have been inconsistently good and bad you know yeah. almost pretty much alternating years when they were good and bad so i mean they've been the most consistent team in that division but when you look at the rest of the AFC powers i've never really considered them a threat to New England i've never really considered them a threat to Pittsburgh so and it just I, I, it, it makes that playoff game sting even more for me. Every day <laughs> I think about it, and it makes it sting even more. Um, but what are you gonna do? You know, we time heals all. Um, but we got a little we got a little sidetrack there. We were doing our picks, and then you interrupted. So uh, go ahead and make your pick, pal. Or my not your pick. pick. Re, you know, sorry, covering your picks from from week four. That's the I, thing. I'm trying to find who I did pick. Did you write no, down who I picked? Didn't even, because... You didn't even come prepared for the show. I well, had... here's the thing. I thought we were doing this Friday, so my mistake on whoever I did decide mm. to, to pick. So um, if we come back to that at some point, then I'll be I able had... to tell you. Well, no, because I, I had Buffalo, I had Arizona, and I had the Rams. I went 2-1 and one on the week. <laughs> uh, hopefully you went 0-3 oh on the week. but No, I in think... my luck, I probably did. I, I'm trying to remember. I think you had – oh, you know what, the one – I think didn't you pick Detroit over New Orleans? I think you did. Did I pick Detroit over New Orleans? You, you picked like some weird game. I think you picked Philly over uh 49ers, which actually hit. Oh, you know, you did pick the Vikings over the Texans. I'll give you that one. I did do Vikings that. Win. Okay. Here's what we'll do. During commercial break, uh we'll go. I'll find my picks and then in the okay. final segment, I'll make sure that uh we do a full recap. Sorry, I'm throwing so- a wrench in the show here. No, it's definitely okay, but we do have a lot of football to talk about. You mentioned Philadelphia, so we'll stay in the NFC East because the Cleveland Browns dropped a 50-bomber on the Cowboys, and my God, what a wonderful sight that was. Even as a Steeler fan, you know, I think I have more disdain for the Cowboys than I do the Cleveland Browns. So, for me, they're up 41-14 at one point, Mm -hmm. and, of course, Dallas comes back and makes it interesting. It's 41-38 at one point. I saw somebody tweet, the Cowboys defense is so bad, they blocked an extra point and it turned into a two-point conversion. <laughs> That's very true. Uh, I, was, I was shocked watching this game because I was actually watching this game before the Bills, start, Bills game started at four. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we, we, this was one of the games that you and I talked about in our pregame show uh, Friday, whatever we released it. But I was going back and forth on this game. I couldn't really decide who was going to win because both of these defenses are just bad. And we saw that this week. I mean, 49 to 38, that is not a defensive matchup there. And I don't know. Does Baker – I mean, he threw for 165 yards or something. It's not like he really, you know, threw for 400 yards and four touchdowns. 
they put up 49 points, but you know, it, it wasn't all that impressive, honestly. Like I'm not, I'm not, you know, shooting the Browns up my power rankings. Really, they're not my top ten because that wasn't an impressive win. Because I think the Cowboys are just too overhyped this year. Uh I can't knock Baker Mayfield because coming into the season, I said that Cleveland needed to be a run-centric team. They ran True. for north of 200 yards on the Cowboys without True. Nick Chubb. So, I, I, it was impressive in that regard. Now, passing uh-huh. game, I think Kevin Stefanski, and we've talked about this multiple times, and I've said this, if Kevin Stefanski emphasizes the run to set up the pass, mm-hmm. doesn't need Baker Mayfield to throw for 300 yards a game to win, because if you do that, you're going to get what happened last season. You're going to go, what, 6-10 and 10 or whatever they went yeah. last year. So, um the fact that they're able to run all over that Cowboys defense, which is atrocious, um, I think that definitely – it was impressive in that regard. I get that Baker didn't throw for a lot of yards. In, in situations like that, you don't need him to. Eventually, they are going to need Baker Mayfield to step up, make some plays with his arm in order to win games. Can he do that? I don't know. But, yeah. you know, in games where you know that you can just pound the ball, pound the ball, pound the ball, and they can't stop you, I'm never going to blame a coach for – for you know not taking his foot off the gas in the run game whenever it's consistently working absolutely Um, yeah and you know i will say this too is we we talk about Dak prescott a lot on the show and he's trying to earn that big contract he's trying to do whatever he can he played a great game and he's played great all year so far but he is not getting much help at all on that team he really isn't i mean the turnovers that you know that he's not causing but you know the fumbles the his defense isn't helping him out as much he has a lot of talent there, and he's playing well, but his team around him is just not giving him the help that he really needs. More and more consistently, we're seeing that the league leader in passing yards are at least the top five guys. Three out of five of them aren't going to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think this is where stats kind of become, I don't want to say meaningless, but right now the Cowboys are 1-3. and three. They should be 0-4. I'm not going to take Dak Prescott's stats into consideration whenever – you know, it comes to that. Now, I get that that defense is horrible. And I'm, by no means am I blaming Dak Prescott for them being one and three. But I think this is where stats become a little bit um, – what's the word I'm looking for? Obsolete. Because, you know, he's leading the NFL in passing yards, but he's done a lot of it when they're trailing by 20-plus points when obviously they have to pass. Yeah. So, I get that. You know, it's not all on him. He's averaging 444 yards passing a game. But a lot of it is in what seems to be garbage time until they somehow come back because of other teams' incompetence. Um, and there was bad play calling on the end, um, the Browns end, too. You know, they're up by – I think it was still a two-possession game with six and a half minutes left. And on third down, uh, they decide uh, to do a pass to Odell Beckham Jr., which if, Ode- if, if Baker Mayfield, you know, doesn't overthrow him, Odell Beckham Jr. has four touchdowns on the game instead of three. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it was bad clock management by the Browns uh, as well. But in terms of Dak, I mean, they're sitting at one and three. Their defense isn't very good. Um, you know, nine touchdowns, three picks. He's got – how many rushing touchdowns does he have in the year? Let me find that. He's got three rushing touchdowns. All of them came against Atlanta. Um, he hasn't been perfect either, though. I mean, he's fumbled no. a number of times as well. He had a yeah. fumble against, against Cleveland. So, um, and while that can't necessarily be put on him because whoever decided to, you know, put a young right tackle uh, one-on-one with Miles Garrett should probably get a, a talking to. But um, I'm not going to say Dak Prescott's played perfect because he hasn't. Um, but he's done all that he can to keep them in games, I suppose. Um, but, you know, you look at the game against the Rams, 
You know, it, he didn't – it was a 20-17 to 17 game. The offense was horrible that game. Yeah. You look at the game against Seattle, um, you know, it was a 35-30 loss. You know, you can't put all of that on him. The game against Atlanta shouldn't have been a game after the third quarter, but Atlanta's incompetence led to a Cowboys mm-hmm. win. And then the same thing can be said for the game against Dallas where, um, the, you know, the, they're, they're down by – what was it? They were down by 27 at one point. Yeah, they, Cleveland, Cleveland and Dallas were just trading touchdowns back and forth. It seemed like they mm-hmm. – I mean, I hope you bet the over on that game because they were just, you know, giving up touchdowns like it was candy. It was just too easy for either both offenses to go down and just score points. So, I mean, Cowboys are – they got the Giants next week. They got the Cardinals and Washington, then the Eagles. So it's not going to be – they could win those games, but, you know, they could win their division at 8-8. Eight and eight. I, Their division is going to be just laughable for the rest of the season, I think. Yeah, I mean, you look at the Washington football team, they're in, what, second place right now simply because they beat the, they beat the Eagles. They have a division mm-hmm. win. On the reason the Eagles are in first is because they tied the Bengals sitting at one, two, and one. So they have one less loss than everybody else. So yeah. um, if not for a, a Bengals tie, we would be looking at the Washington football team <laughs> as the leader in the division after, you know, a one and three start. So and yeah, the they're, they're, they're almost sitting at first in their division and there's a quarterback controversy of whether or not Dwayne Haskins is even going to start in the next couple of weeks. So I don't, I really don't know what they're going to do either because I feel like we give up on, on quarterbacks far too early anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. This is still a Washington team that has problems up front because Trent Williams isn't there anymore, so their offensive line isn't great. They don't have any weapons outside of Terry McLaurin. I guess Steven Sims has been playing well. They drafted Antonio Gandy-Golden, who's started to be involved a little bit more in the offense. But running backs-wise, Antonio Gibson is a rookie who's never – you know, this is his first you know real running back job. Um they, they let go of Adrian Peterson. I mean, they got a lot of young guys on offense. Defensively, their front seven's really good, but Chase Young's hurt. Um, secondary, Landon Collins has been somewhat of a dud since they signed him from New York. So, I, you can't blame it all on Dwayne Haskins. Um, defensively, they need to get a little bit better in the secondary. Up front needs to get better. They haven't really been able to run the ball. Antonio Gibson was a threat last week, but in the passing game rather than the run game. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Washington's got a lot of other issues besides Dwayne Haskins, and I'm sure in the near future we'll have Lake Lewis on to talk Washington with us, but he'll be able to tell you more than I can. But, you know, it's – it. the NFC East is just a – It's it's a mess. It's, yeah. it's an ugly division. It's not exciting to watch. It's exciting to watch only because I want to see if – who knows, even the Giants could come out of nowhere and take a division lead. They only need to win like two Do you know games, how so. happy I would be if the Giants won the division at 5-11? <laughs> and 11? <laughs> Oh my God! I wonder. I'd have to look it up, but what the record is for the lowest amount of wins to win a division? I, I, mean, I well, I know that Seattle and Carolina both won their divisions at seven and nine. So my God. I, I want to see a six and ten division winner. I want to see it very badly. Honestly, this division, I wouldn't be surprised. This division is so bad, and you know the Eagles had a big win against the 49ers, but if they don't get guys back from injury, I'm sure there will be more injuries going down the road here, but. I can't see any of those teams maybe winning nine games, but nothing, you know, they're, they're more likely to go seven and nine, eight and eight. Here's the thing though. I'm kind of scared for my Steelers on Sunday because I get that they had this impromptu bye week. Uh, I'm not giving up in the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm not, you know, Carson Wentz is 
for as bad as he's he started this season, he showed why I believe in him so much this past week because he did what he needed to do to get mm-hmm. the job done against a good 49ers defense who, again, I get they didn't have Jimmy Garoppolo starting. Jimmy Garoppolo is a middling quarterback in this league to me as it is. Um, but they had injuries all over their offense as well, and their offense wasn't as good. Um, so I get that, you know, Nick Bose is gone. I get that Solomon Thomas is gone. But this is still a very good 49ers unit that – uh, Carson Wentz played well against that perfect uh, pass to who the hell caught Travis Fulgnum? Is that his name? Uh, yeah, they got guys. They got guys that just, they just found off other teams' practice squads that are just you know like like you said, Fulgnum's making a a moss type catch over over the shoulder and then taking it to the crib. I mean, it's just you feel for Carson. He's been in the league and he had that MVP season almost, and then Eagles win the Super Bowl without him, but. It just hasn't been the hasn't been the same since then. And the thing that I've preached over and over and over again is, no matter the situation, he doesn't have any help. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. Yeah. You look at, look all over that offense. You know, this offseason was supposed to be really good. I mean, they signed Marquis Goodwin, opt mm-hmm. out. Jalen Rieger, they draft. He's hurt. Deshaun Jackson, I believe he's hurt. He's hurt. Alshon Alshon Jeffrey, Jeffrey's hurt. He's hurt. So, yeah. you know, it's back to the old normal as it was for Washington, for Philadelphia, excuse me, down the stretch last season when they had to win four straight games, mm-hmm. including wins against Dallas uh, to win the division, which they did. So you can have your Dak Prescott stats, you know, and, and everything like that. But throughout both of their careers, Carson Wentz has been the more consistent quarterback. He's done so much more with so much less. Mm-hmm. If, I had to t- if I had to pick one today, I'm still picking Carson Wentz over Dak Prescott. Um, you, if you if you switch spots, if you put Carson Wentz on the Dallas Cowboys, and you know he would be probably miles ahead of where Dak Prescott is right now. I like Dak. I do. I know you don't love Dak, and you don't think he's an elite quarterback. I like Dak a lot, but I think Carson Wentz, just skills wise, quarterback franchise wise, I think he's the much much better quarterback than Dak Prescott. I do too, and I think if you switch places right now, I think Dallas would have a winning record, and I think that uh, Philadelphia would be probably winless. And I just think that his ability to do so much with so little mm-hmm. is it's impressive. It really is. is. It's never talked about enough. We only look at the win-loss record and and how that factors in. But this is a guy who people seem to forget in 2017, 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions. Mm-hmm. He hasn't thrown for more than seven interceptions in a season since his rookie year when he threw 14. Now he's flirting with that right now. Cause I think he already has seven because he started the year off horribly, but you know, you can't expect seven interceptions a year from a guy every single season. So I get that this year hasn't been his best start. This first, you know, this first month of the year hasn't been good, but they're winning the division. And as bad as it's been, they're they're in first place. They go into Pittsburgh next week, um, and as a Steeler fan, eventually Pittsburgh's going to lose. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be shocked if it's this weekend to Philadelphia. I'm not betting on it because I don't bet, you know, with my heart <laughs> uh, against against my team. So it's it'll be interesting to see what Philadelphia does. But under no circumstances would I be surprised if they were going to Pittsburgh and win this week and kind of start getting this thing going. Uh, as they try to win, you know, back-to-back divisions. Yeah, I, I wish they, if they were fully healthy, that would be such a fun team to watch. I, I was really excited to watch Jalen Rieger this year. Uh, I love Marquise Goodwin. I loved him when he was with the Bills and on the 49ers. And you know, 
they could just be they could really be a powerhouse team. Their defense kind of underwhelmed a lot of people. They 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 came out and you know there's a lot of a lot of duds that that didn't quite play the way that everybody thought they would. So um, hopefully, I don't want to say I don't want to say the the cliche phrase, but hopefully next year, I mean, they can they can get some guys back. They can add some more talent, and uh, I mean, they really don't need to do a whole lot to you know win that division multiple times. In, in you know 10 years so um you know what doubt what philadelphia needs to hope is that dak prescott gets a monster contract this offseason because already dallas has holes all over their defense that they seem to can't afford to fix if they pay dak prescott you know anywhere near 40 million dollars a year which would be an astronomical mistake yeah they're not going to be able to afford anything on that defense so one howie roseman's got to be happy that he paid carson once first mm-hmm Two, he's got to hope to God that Jerry Jones gives Dak a monstrous deal where he can't afford any help on the defensive side of the ball. So, you know, if you're a Philadelphia Eagles fan, you are hardcore rooting that Dak Prescott gets a big contract this offseason because if he does, it's going to be downhill for Dallas for, for a while. So we'll, uh, it, it will. It will. And um, I want to talk about a team that the past couple of weeks, they haven't done what we thought they were going to be doing. You know, they're, they're still winning the three and one, but Tampa Bay is not looking like the for sure Super Bowl uh, representatives for the NFC. They, I they, sure as hell didn't pick them as a Super Bowl representative. I know you didn't, but a lot of people <laughs> did. Um, but no, they just barely squeaked by the Chargers. I, the, the rookie quarterback, Justin Herbert's playing phenomenal, but I mean, Tom Brady, he's he's throwing pick six left and right. And okay, 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 what, Mr. What? Mr. Patriot hater. No, okay, listen. <laughs> that was a horrible play call to do a deep out when a corner was sitting on it. That was a stupid throw to make. I get it. He rebounded for 370 yards and I'm not five saying, touchdowns. I'm not saying he didn't have a bad game. Or I'm not saying he had a bad game. He had a great game. But Tampa Bay needs to be beating teams like the Chargers. They need to be handling rookie quarterbacks like Justin Herbert. They need to be consistently winning these games because yes you won but i mean those are close games they can't be that close here's the thing the charters aren't a bad team i don't want the one and three record to fool you they could very easily be sitting at three and one right now Mm -hmm. if not for harrison bucker being able to kick anything anywhere he wants to (laughs) and if not for uh, a bad toss on a lateral from keenan allen to austin eckler who friend of the show we hope he gets better soon with the hamstring hoping all the best for austin eckler um so two things You know, if Butker misses and if Keenan Allen throws it a little bit further in front of Austin Eckler, they're sitting at three and one right now. Justin Herbert, I don't care that he's a rookie. He's playing his ass off and he's he's doing incredible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I don't care that he's a rookie. You know, eventually he's going to make rookie mistakes. He's already made a few. So, but besides that, he's playing fearless. He took a big hit uh, on that 72-yard touchdown pass where um, the Bucs brought a zero blitz. He stood in the pocket, he took a lick, and he completed a dime. Uh, which led to the touchdown. So, and even with the injuries uh, for the Chargers, this is still a very good defense that, you know, if I'm not mistaken, Joey Bosa is still there. I get that Derwin James isn't, but they still got pieces all over that defense. They bring in Linval Joseph from uh, the, the Vikings to put uh, in the middle of that defensive line. This is still a very good team that, while I get they're one and three right now, their games have been decided by a combined total of how many points. I mean, they lost by three to the Chiefs. They lost by, I believe, only four to the Panthers off of a you know a crazy last play that almost worked um so no i'm not giving up on the chargers by any means i still think that they can make a late season push at a wild card spot um and justin herbert looks really good man i i love what he's doing 
Uh, and I'm happy that he's playing well because this is a team that, you know, while they, I get they only squeaked by the Bengals, the Bengals with Joe Burrow look really good right now too. Um, I think the Chargers are a team that can, you know, be around that eight and eight mark and make a push for a wild card spot. I think Tampa Bay is going to be fine. I think they I, are fine. I think they, you know, I think they will, but I'm just, I'm saying I expected so much more from them. I expected not that, because I, I was a little iffy on their, their secondary coming into the year, but I was expecting, you know, just cranking out wins and just convincingly beating these opponents. And it hasn't quite happened yet, but I'm looking in two weeks. Two weeks they got they got Green Bay. If they can beat Green Bay, that's going to be quite the win because I have Green Bay, little teaser, I have Green Bay as my number one in the power rankings. I love the Packers this year. Aaron Rodgers is a man on a mission. He looks like he's having so much fun out there. And they're, they're winning games with a lot of injuries too. So, I don't know. It's – I expected more from Tampa Bay. Yes, they're three and one. Yes, I know, I know, but I don't know. I'm just, I, I'm a little disappointed in them. Well, you also got to remember. I mean, cranking out wins and beating teams convincingly week in and week out. It's not the easiest thing. I mean, yeah. besides the, besides the 07 Patriots, I'm not <laughs> looking at a team that can really do that right. So, mm-hmm. um, I get that they've got a lot of talent, but this is Tom Brady's first year there. Uh, it seems they're starting to gel though offensively. You know, yeah. with Chris Godwin out, Mike Evans has emerged as a go-to guy. Scotty Miller, of course, wherever Tom Brady goes, there's going to be a small white guy who gets involved in the offense and makes plays. He's been very good. O.J. Howard had a touchdown this past week. Uh, Kayshawn Vaughn, the rookie out of Vanderbilt, had a touchdown. So, I mean, they're finding different guys with the absence of Chris Godwin to get involved. And, you know, that's what you need to see from a team like that um, if they have playoff aspirations. Now, defensively, Todd Bowles is a great defensive coordinator. Um, a guy that's really done well for them, Carlton Davis, their cornerback yeah. out, out, of, out of Auburn. He's done very well. Um, so they're secondary. Um, they're a young group, but he is, I think, the leader of that group, and he's done very, very well. I think he's going to be in a conversation among, you know, the top corners in the league, you know, give it a year or two. So I like what he's doing defensively. They're front seven. You know, Vita Vea, Levante David, um, Devin White. Uh, they've got guys all over that defense. I like them a lot. You know, our friend of the show, William Golston, who is, you know, in the mix of that as well. So I think Tampa will be fine. I didn't pick them to go to the Super Bowl. Um, will they be a contender? Yeah. But, um, no, I think that they'll be okay. It's just a matter of, you know, it took some time for that, for that offense to gel. And they faced off against, you know, a good quarterback with, you know, some weapons on offense. So, um, we'll see how they do, you know, going forward. And, yeah, that matchup in a few weeks against Green Bay, that'll be the game of the week. And uh, I'm very much looking forward to that as well. Didn't you, uh, didn't you pick the Eagles to go to the Super Bowl? I know you have picked, as your number one seed. I picked him as my number one seed. I picked Seattle and Pittsburgh to go mm. to the Super Bowl. Okay. A little Super Bowl rematch. Okay. Um, Who'd you pick? I, I didn't even make a, a full season pick. I, I didn't make a, a Super Bowl prediction because I figured I would probably be way off and I didn't, I didn't want somebody digging it up. From Here. Here's what I'll ago. do. Here's what I'll do for you, Kurt Hollister. I will pull up my spreadsheet for <laughs> – Oh, old pro football network. And I always, I always meant to, I always meant to do some kind of prediction and put it out, but yeah, you know, I, I didn't like dealing with the trolls and everybody on, on Twitter saying, Oh my God, why didn't you give my team two more wins? Blah, blah, blah. Right. So, you know, just figured I'd stay away and pick my bills to win it all. There you go. All <laughs> right. So let me pull this up and I believe I still have it. I'll, I'll tell you everyone that I picked because we did awards. We did, um, Excuse me, we did um, uh, Super Bowl picks and whatnot. So we were very, uh, 
we were very uh, intimate on, on what we were doing. So I can't seem to find it. I wonder if we uh, – if they, we They deleted it so that nobody could dig it up and make fun they of it. They must have, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I will tell you this much. I did have um, Pittsburgh and Seattle in the Super Bowl. I picked with my heart, and I don't care who knows it. So, uh, yeah, I did pick – I did pick Pittsburgh and Seattle in the Super Bowl. And if I'm not wrong, I had Russell Wilson as my MVP. Um, um, look so at we'll him see. now. Yeah, we'll see how that, uh, how that holds up. But Do you, I mean, keep, I think this is kind of an easy question. Do you have Russell Wilson as your number one MVP right now? Uh, I don't see how you don't. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is kind of in contention right now. Um, give me a top five. Top five? Or top um, three. It doesn't matter. Whatever you want to do. Yeah. Right now, I mean, it has to be Russell Wilson – I'm putting Aaron Rodgers second as of right now. Josh mm-hmm. Allen would be third. If you asked me two weeks ago, Kyler Murray would be in there, but right now I don't think I can put him in there. So yeah. um, top three right now I think would be Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, and Josh Allen. I love it. I love <laughs> it. Josh Allen and the MVP talks. Who would have thought? Who would have thought that two years ago people would insert be, uh, <laughs> Insert Paul Rudd meme. Yeah. Look at us. Look at us. Who would have thought? Um, I love it. My Bills won 4-0. Probably going to be five and all, beating the Titans next week. Just, just let me enjoy it because the Bills haven't been four and zero since uh, two thousand and eight. And then think they went that. what six and ten? Well, that doesn't matter. But <laughs> think about that. Two thousand eight was the last time the Bills started off the year with four straight wins. Who was their quarterback that year? Was that a Trent, oh, Trent Edwards? I was gonna say, was it Trent and then Edwards? Week five, he got smacked against the Cardinals, and they gave him a concussion. That's when the Bills just season started going downhill. But uh, who would have thought that Trent Edwards was the key to the Bills' success? <laughs> Trent Edwards was a solid quarterback for a lot of for <laughs> a lot of games. He had his problems, yes, but from the drought era for the Bills for the whatever, however many years that they didn't have a, a franchise quarterback. You can argue, you know, Doug Flutie was a franchise quarterback, whatever. He was not. You, we'll, we'll get into that <laughs> another time. But um, Trent Edwards had some good games. He really did. Compared to, you know, the, the Alex Van Pelt, the Kelly Holcomb, the J.P. Lossmans, the, the Kyle Orton. Actually, Kyle Orton played pretty well for the Bills. but The Matt Barkleys. Matt Barkley, yeah, yeah. He had a, he lit up the Jets one week and put up 40 points on them. But other than that, <laughs> yeah, we thought we were going to see Matt Barkley come in uh, this past Sunday because Josh Allen went down with a pretty nasty was... shoulder injury. And I almost had a heart attack because <laughs> I saw him going into the locker room. But, uh, no, we didn't see Matt Barkley, thank God. And we saw Josh Allen come back and take us to victory. Yeah, he made a, uh, a crazy play through the ball. It was – you know, we had Matt Verderam on, and I talked to him on Twitter about it, and I'm sure that you saw it, mm-hmm. um, where, you know, last time we had Matt on, he said that Josh Allen has a little bit of Favre in him, and he likes that. Well, what the hell is more of a Favre play than scrambling out of the pocket and throwing the ball like a damn Frisbee when you're falling to the ground and completing the pass? And no one – I no one was talking no one. about that play. And but I you, said, know you know what? If, if he would have missed that and it would have been, you know – Intercepted, intercepted then everybody would holy moly it. we'd still be hearing about it every single moment on twitter so now josh allen doesn't get the credit he deserves um i'm happy he's doing so well i mean i'm happy that your bills are doing very well because this is a one it's a fan base and a city that deserves it and it's a quarterback that deserves it because for all the crap that he's had to listen to for the past two mm-hmm. years it's it's incredibly satisfying as a josh allen fan to just see him you know 
give the proverbial middle finger to everybody with the way he's been playing. And that makes me very happy for, for Josh Allen and Bill's fans. And because both of our teams are playing so well, it just makes it so much more exciting when we're coming down to week 14, uh, Steelers, Bills, and that is going to be a matchup. And I said, it after, I said it after last year's game on that Sunday night football game. I think the Bills and the Steelers are going to they're going to rekindle that 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 rivalry where they're just going to be, you know, everybody looks forward to them whenever they play. It's going to be prime time, and it's just going to be two of the powerhouse teams in the AFC. I really do think that will be uh, if the Steelers can figure out their, their quarterback of the future. But I, I really – I think this, this matchup is going to be a rivalry and a fun rivalry for the next few years. Well, Big Ben has never lost in Buffalo, so this, let's <laughs> see if uh, the Bills can give him his first one. Yeah, that's going to be one of the matchups of the year, I think if all goes well. I mean, two of the best defenses in football, two quarterbacks who I think have so much in common in terms of their style of play. Mm-hmm. Big Ben looks good. Josh Allen is having the year of his life. It's the fact that it's going to be under the lights and I'm going to hear Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth calling it. It makes it that much better, but we've got what is it, nine weeks now to look forward to that. So it's going to be, it's going to be a fun, it's going to be fun till then, but uh, we're going to, we'll take a little break. We'll come back. Uh, Marcus Cannon right around the corner, left tackle for the New England Patriots. So stick with us. That's coming up next. We'll be right back. Laces out. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Jared Bailey from Laces Out. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First off, it's free. You don't got to pay anything to use Anchor. And there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome back to Laces Out, everybody. Jared Bailey, Kurt Homister being joined now by Patriots left tackle, three-time Super Bowl champion Marcus Cannon. Big Tex as his his screen name big dog what's up how are you doing good doing good just enjoying life here in texas enjoying life in texas it's uh it's gotta be pretty hot down there isn't it you, you probably uh, used to the about, heat though it's about 88 so okay. it's getting cooler it was 100 about last month getting so. cooler <laughs> yeah. i think it's i think it was 56 today in uh in erie pennsylvania so uh well, well, I've missed the code, I'll tell you that. Yeah, I bet you do. Because uh, for, for anybody that doesn't know, uh, Marcus uh, did opt out for this season. Uh, you know, he, he made the decision before the deadline. And for his best, you know, his own well-being. Um, you know, you, you kicked Kansas' ass 10 years ago. That's awesome. And, uh, you know, you just – it was the smart move. I'm sure it was a very difficult decision to make, uh, you know, leaving leaving your team and taking the year off. But – you know, what was kind of your mindset going through leading up to the deadline when you had to make the, the final decision? Well, it was tough. It, it was all the way until, you know, the, the final day. Well, the it, before we were supposed to report. Um, so I was in shape. I had, you know, done the weigh-ins um, per my contract and was working out, was feeling good, and – you know, the whole time, you know, we had been doing, you know, the virtual meetings and it was, it was the weirdest, this is, you know, the weirdest times and, you know, everybody can account for that. But, you know, me and my family were talking and it just came down to the last moment. And, you know, from, I was on all the calls with the NFLPA on the guidelines and, you know, everything that they're going to be doing. And 
you know, just me and my family, we just came to a decision that, you know, um, we, we're probably just going to, you know, take the, you know, the opt-out deal. Um, you know, it sucked, though. It, it sucked, you know, making the decision. And, you know, I'm starting to live with it now. Uh, but, you know, it was it was for the best, you know. It was for, the best for me and my family. And, you know, that was our decision. And, you know, that's what we're, you know, we'll stick by it. And you can't, and like Kurt said, you know, that's obviously, you're one of eight Patriots to actually opt out for the season. So that led the NFL. Um, in terms of, you know, keeping up with the team and whatnot, I'm sure that you're, you know, in this time you're going to be a Patriot fan. How have you, uh, what's been the takeaway for you so far? I mean, this is the first year without Tom there, obviously, Cam Newton coming in, um, missing a lot of guys on defense because of opt-outs as well. Uh, in your eyes, how are they looking? And uh, what do you look forward to most whenever you do get back? Man, they're looking great uh, in my eyes, you know. Um, I know each and every one of the guys. I uh, met some of the rookies, you know, when we first started. But, you know, it's a, it's it's fun watching them. It's bittersweet, you know. It's, uh, you know, I'm happy to be around my family and all. But it makes it tougher when I'm watching the games, and, you know, seeing the, you know, the offensive line out there having fun. You know, Cam always has a smile on his face, you know, just – you know, him interaction, his interaction with the team, you know, him, his interaction with, you know, uh, Josh McDaniels, you know, I miss it all. And, you know, they're, they're doing good. The defense is doing good. Offense is doing good. They're running the ball, moving around. And, you know, they all look like they're having fun. You know, there's, you know, this, this last weekend didn't, it, it wasn't how they expected or came up, but, uh, you know, they, they just look like, you know, they're all, you, you, like like nothing has changed it seems like mm -hmm. yeah I mean it, they, they've surprised me they surprised a lot of people honestly and you know Cam coming back playing kind of like the Cam of old you know he's he's been running the ball like crazy he's been throwing it all over the place and really making do with a, a, a pretty you know depleted team with the opt-outs and injuries and stuff like that so Cam's been playing well and I, I want to get your take because you know he signed a one-year deal with with New England and there's questions whether he's going to be coming back, whether, you know, I'm sure a lot of teams will be interested now with the way he's been playing. But do you see Cam sticking around maybe for a few years here? Do you think he can kind of revive his career a little bit with uh, since he left Carolina there? Um, I couldn't tell you that. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm not sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, you, you haven't been around the team. You haven't really been around the team too much. That's understandable. But uh, I'm sure, you know – I'm sure you, you're interested and you'd love to get back and play with Cam because I feel like he's just, you know, a ball of energy, a, a good guy to play with, a good teammate there too. Yeah, man, I look forward. I can't wait to, you know, if I do get the chance next year, if, if you know, he resigns, whatever, I can't wait to play with him. And, you know, I can't, I can't wait to play with all my teammates, you know. Mm -hmm. Just like I said before, just watching them. It's like, man, I miss all these guys. You know, and I talked to – you know, uh, a lot of them, you know, before the game, you know, I talked to a few of them and man, yeah, like you said, I can't, I can't wait. If, if <laughs> I do get the chance to play with him, I'll be ecstatic, but you know, it is what it is. Hopefully he comes back. Uh, but if he doesn't, you know, I'll play with whoever else is there. Yeah. And speaking of whoever else is there, you know, you spent a number of years with Captain America wearing 12 back there behind you. So what's it going to be like for you, you know, not having Tom there as a signal caller? This is going to be, I believe, the first time in your career that he hasn't been, that, that he wasn't the quarterback behind you. So 
you know, how different is that going to be from your point of view, especially if it is, you know, maybe a younger guy compared to a guy, you know, who's the, the greatest of all time at the position? Um, I don't see it being any different than, you know, the guys that are playing right now. Um, you know, you know how it is in that in the building. Um, whoever's there is there. Uh, I'm not there right now. And they, they have somebody else there and it's totally fine. Um, but whoever that you know how it's always how's always been. Whoever's there is there, and you know we'll play with them and we'll get used to that. You know, uh, I do miss Tom, and you know it was it was it was fun playing with him. You know he's a great teammate, great guy, all around. But everybody knows that. But you know I I think you know it'd be different, but it's something that I'll have to get used to, just like the guys there right now are are doing. Mm-hmm. And you 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 know Bill's gonna make do with what he can and he'll do anything he can to win um but i need i need you to take your bias side away you're 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 not technically with the team right now <laughs> what are you thinking for the division uh you know i i might be a bills fan i might have grown up a bills fan and whatever whatever but what are you thinking for the division because really you know it comes down to new england it comes down to buffalo those two teams are going to be very close i think you know the games that they play each other they're going to be very close i think it's going to surprise a lot of people um so by by side away I, I know you probably want to pick your patriots but you, are you picking your patriots to win the afc east man i can't i'm not i can't say anything <laughs> <laughs> all right fair always enough a patriot man always a patriot fair enough uh, i can't say anything you know i just you <laughs> I know just i thought, can't speak I thought for I could those test guys you. Thought I could you know test I, you, I hope the best for them <laughs> but i'm not gonna you know, do anything like that. You know, Kurt's just trying. Kurt's I'm just not trying there. to get. Kurt's just trying to get to the point where he can brag about the fact that he made a New England Patriots say that he thinks the <laughs> Buffalo Bills are gonna are are gonna win something. So, good on you not giving him that satisfaction. So, so I, I did see something recently about about Tom and uh, his his favorite phrase. How many times did you get did you get a uh, hey babe in practice? Because apparently that's his favorite phrase on planet Earth. Oh man. Uh, practice, <laughs> locker room, on the plane, like everybody. That's your name. That's if you're in the building, your 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 second name is Babe around that guy. <laughs> <laughs> it is, yeah, that's that's just how it is. And then and then you actually got three names because Jules is there and he calls everybody Bubs. So mm-hmm. you got your regular name. Your name's Babe. Your name's Bub. So <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. What do you uh? You know, yes, you're cheering for the Patriots. We've already established this. I know you are. But um, you're cheering for Tom down there in Tampa Bay. I know, you know, longtime teammate and everything. And, uh, you know, I'm sure you're cheering for him. I know your Patriots are number one. But And what else, you know, what are you seeing from Tom? Have you, have you seen anything change, any of the way that he plays? Because, you know, you were in it. You were, you were, he was standing right behind you. What, what have you seen that's, you know, maybe a little different from his game? Or is he just, you know, same old Tom? Um. Uh- you know, I don't get to watch – I don't really watch his games as intently as I watch ours. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I've caught, you know, a little bit of him, and he just he just seems like Tom again, you know. Mm-hmm. He, he just seems, you know, like he always is. He's, uh, you know, leading his team out there. He's, you know, getting everybody going. And, you know, what I see is I just see the same old Tom to me. <laughs> uh, so we can't take this time since, you know, obviously you're not in season at the moment. What are you doing to, you know, keep your body ready, keep your body in shape for when, you know, March, April does come around again and uh, you are back in the building uh, to, to be that anchor on that left side for New England? 
Uh, well, I, I bought I, I, I installed a turf field, and then I'm standing outside what I what is my shop that I built, and there's a gym inside. So I get on the turf every day, got a gym, and then besides that, you know, I, I jump on my tractor, and you know, I got 13 acres out here. I got a ranch. I got a hunting wow. ranch in Eastland, Texas. Wow. Okay. Um, but between those and you know my oil field business, it's I'm, I'm staying pretty busy. I get my workout in, do some stuff around here, you know. But busy, busy, busy. busy. I, uh, staying busy. I like it. I like it. Marcus Cannon, Super Bowl champion and oil field business owner. Uh, <laughs> that's not what I expected to learn today. So we Long can also occur, we can also take a little trip down memory lane because you have won rings with the New England Patriots, obviously being there for as long as you have been. Is there a moment that sticks out and, you know, the decade that you've been there? Um, is there a moment, a ring, you know, a game that really just sticks out to you is like, damn, this has been, you know, maybe the defining moment of my, my time here? Um, I won't say uh, – there's not a game that I really think of like my defining moment, but I'll, I'll say my favorite game was uh, AFC Championship playing against the Chiefs. Uh in Arrowhead that was I think yeah that was you know the funnest game um and that was man a, a story that no one ever talks about is during that game not to go back in the past but during that game by all means uh, go in the past as much as you want right now mate because this is this is stories that might not ever get told if not for for you being here right now so goodbye all means like last drive David Andrews is like a guy well b before that during the week Dante Skarnicki, a scar, he made us break it down. It was the weirdest thing ever, we thought. And he's like, all right, grit on three. And we're like, what? So, you know, it was like one, two, three, grit. And then uh, we were just messing around. It was the last drive. And David Andrews, how about we get a little baby, uh, grit on three? And we did it. <laughs> and the next thing, it was like, I don't know. That was, it just, there's a light bulb memory for me. That was the funnest game. And I'll always remember that time is, is when, we took one from Dante Skarnacki and broke it out with grit on three. And it was, <laughs> I'll never forget that. <laughs> is that the uh, game where uh went into overtime, beat him in overtime? Is that the one you're talking about? I don't remember much <laughs> after that. But uh, <laughs> that one, that just stuck with you. That's understandable. You, you played in too many games now. You can't remember them all. But uh, yes, that's awesome story. Marcus, we appreciate the time. Uh, we know you're a busy man with your with your tractors and your workouts and all that. So uh, we can't thank you enough for for coming on the show and giving us some time. All right, appreciate, appreciate you, Marcus. You guys. All right, he is Marcus Cannon, offensive lineman for the New England Patriots, uh, three-time Super Bowl champ. I really thought I could get it out of him to pick the Bills to win the division, but uh, not so, not so. I mean, as a Steelers fan, you know he's been part of, you know a fundamental part of teams that have made both of our fandoms just yes. put our head in our palms over the past decade, decade and a half. So mm -hmm. giving, always giving good Tom Brady enough time to bake a cake in the pocket. So thank that you, is, Marcus. that is correct. So <laughs> one of the best left tackles in the game, Marcus Cannon, hopefully we see him back on the field next season because uh, you know, as much as, you know, everything that's going on, obviously uh, his decision to sit out is a very justified one as is, you know, everybody who decided to, you know, mm -hmm. not, not participate this season. Um, so hopefully by next year we have, you know, things back to the, as, as close to being the way they were before. So we yeah. can have uh, stars like that back on the field where they belong. 
So absolutely that, that, and you know, I just, I, you can't control it. There's no way to predict it, but the injuries this year are just killing me. Yeah. Killing the league. You know, I hate to see it happen. I hate to see the big names go down. The league is missing these guys. And, you know, we really pray for a speedy recovery and a full recovery for all of them, but it's just, it's tough to watch, you know, in a, in a tough yeah. year and a weird off season going into the year, you're so excited to be back. You're playing games and then season ending injury and that that's it. So it's, it's tough to watch, but, um, you know, hopefully we can, hopefully we can bounce back from this in, in the next season and still have a good rest of the season. That we can. So um, let's take another little break just to ensure that we have, you know, enough time. And then after this, we can do our power rankings. We'll see how, much they've changed in the past week so stick with us it's laces out jared bailey kurt homicer we'll be right back all right welcome back to laces out jared bailey kurt homicer with you all right mate so you want to know my picks last week i did find them during our little commercial break so we'll do a little recap of our picks update everybody with the segments before we uh uh we, we pick our games on friday and then we'll get into our power ranking so remind everybody of who you picked and uh, your current record so I picked my Buffalo Bills. They got the win. Uh, I picked the Rams. They got the win over the Giants. And then Arizona let me down yet again. Uh, Carolina upset me yet again. So I went two and one on the week. Uh, on the year, I am now seven and five. All right. So Curtis seven and five. Your boy is now eight and four. He went three and zero oh with his picks last week. Okay. So I picked the Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Burrow to get his first win, and he did that against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I picked the Kansas City Chiefs to smoke the New England Patriots, which they did. And then I said I was going to be ballsy with my last one, and I was. My, well, not my Philadelphia Eagles, but the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm-hmm. And Carson Wentz upset the 49ers on the road. So I'm now 8-4 and four on the season. Wow. And uh, finally, one of us separates a little bit, getting a game lead. Only on took the other. four weeks for us to separate. Yes. But, uh, you, got the, you got the one game lead on me, so I got to bounce back next week. That we do. So we will make our picks again on Friday, three games a week, and uh, we'll keep you up to date with that as well. So without further ado, we can roll into our power rankings, Kurt. Uh, we can, we'll do our, our 10 each, and then uh, we'll flip-flop. So I will let you begin with your top 10. I will be honest. Mine did not change a whole lot. Uh, a couple, a couple guys, a couple teams switched, uh, including my number one I mentioned earlier. I got the Green Bay Packers sitting at number one. Uh, yeah, the Chiefs, you know, they smacked the Patriots, but first half was a little shaky for them. I'm not going to hold it against them too much, but I got, I got the Packers going in at number one. They just have dominated every game they've played. Aaron Rodgers just looks great this year. So I got Packers one, Chiefs number two. Uh, I got my Bills staying where I had them last week. They're, they're number three. They're 4-0 and on the year. Uh, Ravens put a nice little beat down on, on the Washington football team, so I got the Ravens in there at number four. Uh, and even though they didn't play, uh, they're still a powerhouse in this league. I got your Steelers sitting there at number five. Huh. Uh, so my top five are Packers, Chiefs, Bills, Ravens, Steelers. Um, we'll do our top five. We'll each do our top five, and then we'll run through the rest. So uh, what do you got for your top five? Um, mine are pretty similar to yours. Um, I did also have Green Bay as my number one team. Uh, they're yeah. gonna, I'm gonna let them leapfrog Kansas City simply because they're doing all this without, you know, Devontae Adams has been in and out of the lineup. They really, mm-hmm. you know, they've dealt with a lot of injuries on offense, and it hasn't mattered for Aaron Rodgers. And it's not like they're beating bad teams either. I mean, I get that Atlanta hasn't won anything yet, 
but you know, there's still a dynamic offense. I get that Julio wasn't playing, but you know, Calvin Ridley was good. Jair Alexander held him without a catch. So I love what they're doing. They go into New Orleans last week and get the upset win. Um, Green Bay is the, I think they're probably the most complete team in the NFC. Um, and to me right now, they're playing like the best team in the NFL. So Green Bay is number one, which means Kansas City goes down to number two, not a fault of their own. I mean, they're playing, you know, they're playing fine. Offense has been, you know, maybe taking a small step back, but they're still scoring, you know, almost 30 points a game. Um, so Patrick Mahomes has been good defensively. They've been stout, you know, only allowing 10 points last night to a Camless Patriots team. So I love Kansas City. They're the best team in the AFC. And I love what they're doing. They're number two. Your Buffalo Bills, they're staying at number three. Um, I said – I thought it was going to be a closer game than what it was, and I get that, you know, it was a seven-point win. It wasn't exactly a blowout. Uh, but they covered the spread. So, <laughs> kudos That's to all the that Buffalo Bills on that. All that matters um, for you. Yeah. So, um, you know, Buffalo, I think they're the second-best defense in football. I think, you know, obviously they didn't start off as great as, you know, you would have liked them to. I think we're starting to see them kind of come into their own. Josh Norman, man. Mm. Josh Welcome Norman to the team. Made his presence known with a forced fumble, and he recovered it too. So we're starting to see why uh, Sean McDermott enjoyed him. You know, obviously they have familiarities with each other uh, from Carolina. So, yeah, Josh Norman made his presence known. I think Buffalo's defense is starting to get into the swing of things. They're going to show everybody why they're one of the best defensive units in football. They're number three. I've got the Seattle Seahawks number four. Russell Wilson's a man on a mission. He wants to win MVP right now. He is leading the NFL in that conversation. And defensively, I thought they were going to be worse without Jamal Adams. They looked pretty stout throughout, um, you know, allowing 23 points. But, you know, it was, I think, a 17-12 to game at one point. So it's not like they were allowing touchdowns upon touchdowns. They played fine against a Miami team that has an underrated offense. You know, I get that Fitzpatrick isn't anything, you know, uh, he's not going to throw for 9 trillion yards on anybody's defense. But, uh, against a Seattle pass defense that's been horrible this year. You know, they came to play against a Miami team that features, you know, Devontae Parker, Preston Williams. I mean, they've got some guys on that offense, Mike Gusecki as well. He only had two catches throughout the game. So the pass defense still isn't very good, but they came to play against Miami. Seahawks are number four. And then my Pittsburgh Steelers are number five. You know, they haven't done anything to knock themselves out of my top five. Um, you know, Big Ben's a little good throughout the year. They get this bye week, which might actually help them a little bit. I get that's not going to be in the middle of the year anymore, which – Eventually, that'll hurt them. But, you know, Deontay Johnson is dealing with a concussion. He should be back this week against Philadelphia, which would be just tremendous for their offense. So, uh, my top five is Green Bay, Kansas City, Buffalo, Seattle, and Pittsburgh. Uh, to round up my top five. Okay. All right. I have uh, number six for me. I do have the Seahawks. I love Russell Wilson this year. I love what he's doing. I just don't know if that defense can can keep pace with that offense. And you know, they, they had their shaky moments uh, this past week against Miami. And I think once they get a healthy Jamal Adams back, that'll absolutely help. But I'm, I'm not totally convinced. If they, had, if they had an elite defense, they could absolutely be a Super Bowl contender. I still think they, they are. But I, I would take a couple other teams ahead of them. So I got, I got Seattle at, at uh, six. And I got Tampa Bay at seven. I know I was kind of talking some smack on them there. But they're still, they're still Tampa Bay. They're still Tom Brady. Uh, that great front seven, like you mentioned, and the, the weapons that they have on offense. So I got Tampa Bay at seven. I got the Rams at eight. They had a decent bounce back game against uh, against the Giants this week, especially you know their nice little little brawl at the end of the game there too. That was that was interesting way to go, Jalen Ramsey. Uh, so I got I got the Rams at eight, Saints at nine, 
really huge bounce back game. They were down early against Detroit. I think they were down 14 nothing. Uh, they came back, won that game. Really needed that one. So I got the Saints there back in my top 10 because I didn't have them in my top 10 last week. Uh, Saints at nine. And then Patriots at 10. I was a little – I didn't know what to do with this because, you know, Cam should be back next week. Um, they didn't play terrible against Kansas City. They didn't put up a lot of points, but they the first half they really controlled Kansas City. So uh, I like the Patriots uh, when Cam is healthy. So I'll stick them in there at number 10. All right. So – uh, for me, um, it is number six, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, defense allowed a lot of points to a good offense, but Tom Brady came to play and had his best game as a Buccaneer, throwing five touchdowns and 370 yards. So um, I like what they're doing right now. Took a little bit for the offense to gel. You know, we'll see how they do against Chicago Thursday night. Chris Godwin's still questionable. But um, now, you know, something came out. You know, Mike Evans and Scotty Miller both didn't practice today. I wouldn't worry about that too much. It's a short week. They're probably just trying to get them as much rest as they can get. So, I like Tampa Bay. I think they're going to be just fine. Baltimore, number seven. Um, beat up on, you know, a bad Washington football team. So, um, I think that, you know, we talked about this on the show before. It's great to see, you know, Lamar running and doing all that fun video game stuff against bad teams. He's proven that he can't beat good teams with the pass. So, True. until he proves that, Baltimore is not going to be too much of a threat to me, honestly. You know, um, until offensively they can move the ball by throwing it when – you know, the, the, the opponent, the opposing defense shows that they can stop the run. They're not going to go too far. So, yeah, he can run for 50 yards against a Washington team that's not very good. And, you know, hardy, har, har, I don't care. They're, they're number seven. But uh, right now, they, they aren't much of a threat to me, at least, in the AFC until they figure out how to throw the ball. Number eight, the Los Angeles Rams, they get a bounce back win after what was a crazy game against your Buffalo Bills in week three. Um, they beat the New York Giants 17-9. to in a less convincing fashion than most would have expected, but yes. nonetheless, they get the win. Every team's allowed to have, you know, a, a poor game against a team that they should wallop on. This is an example of that. The Rams are fine. They're sitting at three and one. Sean McVay and that offense clicking a lot. I'm going to keep the 49ers in my top 10. I get they're, you know, two and two now, but they're missing a lot of depth right now. And they had Nick Mullins play at quarterback. And then Kyle Shanahan got pissed after a pick six and said, I'm putting in CJ Beathard. And, and you he know, was moving, mean? too. I don't know. Yeah. Were you watching that? I mean, he drove him right down the field and scored yeah, a touchdown. Exactly. So, so right. you know, um, I think once Jimmy Garoppolo gets back, the offense will be a little bit more in sync. Uh, I get that they're missing Thomas and Bosa on the line. Uh, it's got to be next man up, though. You know, they have superstars all over that defense. You know, the fact that they're missing two, uh, you know, they, they still got to be able to go out and play football. So, they're number nine right now, but another loss will very easily knock them out. I've got the Browns number 10. I'm – Okay. You know, I, I don't want to hear the argument, okay, they beat the Bengals, they beat a bad Cowboys team, and you know, I don't care. They went in, they put a beat down on Dallas, they beat the Bengals, they've done everything they've needed to do. Um, the true test will come in the coming weeks when they play Indianapolis and Pittsburgh, who have the number one and number two rush defenses in football. Indianapolis mm -hmm. is coming next week, not this coming week. Um, but, no, Indianapolis is this week, actually. They play the Colts this week and then Pittsburgh next week so um i believe that game is at home for the browns that'll be a big tell if they can run the ball or at least make plays against a very good indianapolis defense who ranks number two against the run i think we're gonna start seeing that maybe this is finally the year for cleveland um so this next two-week stretch will be very telling but that said i don't want to hear anything about oh, they beat, but i don't care they beat who they should beat and they 
put up a lot of points doing it by running the ball. And that's not something we see a lot of in this day and age anymore where it's all about the pass. Kevin Stefanski has very much emphasized the run, and he's done a damn good job at it. So I like Cleveland. I think that they're at a, a wild card threat in the AFC. They're number 10. Okay. Interesting. That's I, I like that. Uh, I think you kind of convinced me. I, I mean, I'm going to stick with mine, but you convinced me there. I like that. They, uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's give a recap of our top 10 real quick. So just uh, real quick, your top 10. Quick rundown. I got – I got the, uh, the Green Bay Packers at one. I got the Chiefs at two. Bills number three. Ravens four. Steelers five. Seahawks six. Bucks seven. Uh, Rams eight. Saints nine. Patriots number 10. You might have convinced me with the Browns, but I'm going to stick it where it is right now. <laughs> All right. And then for me, I've got Green Bay one. Kansas City two. Buffalo three. The Seahawks four. And then my Pittsburgh Steelers at number five. And then six through 10, I've got Tampa Bay at six. Baltimore at seven. The Rams at eight. San Francisco at nine, and then the Cleveland Browns at number 10, sitting at three and one. So we've got a lot of football left to be played, but it's been a fun first quarter of the year. That um, it has. Uh, we, got, we got another fun uh, week five here. Football is always fun, though. So we, we got a good uh, Thursday night football game, finally. Um, that we do. I mean, you know, the Bears are – what they're three and one now, right? Yeah, so they are the weakest three and one <laughs> team in the history of this league. But hey, you never know what uh, old Saint Nick is gonna do. He might be able to pull some magic out of his pocket. I'm Nick Foles is a very good reliever. He's not your go-to ace. So Fair. to make a to make a baseball reference. Fair. We are in the thick of uh, baseball playoffs, which makes me very happy. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean. If if there is a game to prove it, this is the one against Tampa yeah. Bay. Uh, but you know, I'm just excited to to watch some good Thursday night football other than Broncos Jets. So which turned you. out to be a good game, and I was very thrilled with it. And I made a joke on Twitter that kind of blew up, and I was very pleased with myself <laughs> about it. I don't I don't know if uh, I was thrilled about that game, but you know, we got football. It's all that matters. We have football. That is correct. We have to and that's the thing. It. And that's the thing, you know, for a while, we didn't know if we would have this. We were stuck watching, you know, you know, when NASCAR came back, I watched NASCAR because it was on. I waited for baseball to come back. We were getting ping pong bets on FanDuel. You know, I don't care who's playing football. I'm going to watch it because we didn't know if and when we were going to have this. So for everybody complaining about Thursday night football, you can take your opinion and shove it. <laughs> wow. There it is. All right. I, think I, was, I think I was complaining about it last Thursday, so uh, I, I will do that. Thank you, Jared. <laughs> <laughs> anyway we're getting off track here uh a great show thank you again to marcus cannon for coming on the show uh we are just building our resume of, of great guests coming on the show we hopefully have a few more uh maybe next week maybe the weeks after we were we got some things in the works so uh follow along with us at laces out ptst uh we always announce there i announce on my page at kurt k-u-r-t Thomaser, H-A-U-M-E-S-S-E-R-88. Always announce everything. Uh, you can follow me for all my Bills stuff, all my Bills takes and whatnot. Uh, where can they find you, my, my friend? That is what they call in the industry a segue, Kurt Homaser. Uh You can find me on Twitter, Jay Bailey NFL, uh, for all your betting stuff, your Steelers stuff, your NFL opinion stuff. Uh, anything that is football, uh, I will be talking about it. So Jay Bailey NFL is where you can find me on Twitter. Again, thank you to Marcus Cannon for coming on. Thank you all for listening. We will be back Friday to recap the Thursday night matchup between the Buccaneers and Bears. Give our week five picks. Wow, we are already in week five. 
Uh, so join us Friday for all of that. For Kurt Homiser, I'm Jared Bailey. This is Laces Out. As always, we will talk to you soon. See ya. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.